Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's time for your daily LSU baseball update with Musso at the box. Now. Matt Musso. And welcome in to another edition of Musso at the Box. LSU gets set to begin their second set of four games here to, in the uh, early part of the 2024 season on Thursday. This is the back half of their eight games in the first 10 days of the season portion of the schedule. They will welcome in the Northern Illinois Huskies and the Stony Brook Seawolves. We have a lot to get to today because we have to preview Northern Illinois. We have to preview Stony Brook and Jay Johnson, you know, met with the media. There's a bit of a change to the rotation. We have to talk about that. We have to talk about everything you want to see from LSU this weekend. It's it's jam-packed, y'all. Jam, jam-packed. And it's a great time now that we're underway in the season to get subscribed to the Moose at the Box YouTube channel if you haven't. And also a great time to get up, subscribed up to the Moose at the Box podcast in general if you haven't. Wherever you get your podcasts, it's there. Apple, Spotify, Google, wherever. Moose at the Box, subscribe up. And, of course, the YouTube channel. If you're watching right now, go subscribe. Smash that like button as well. Hit the bell when you subscribe. Share the video. Share the podcast. All of that helps. Follow me on Twitter at Musso Matthew. All of that helps. On Facebook, Matt Musso. All of that helps, and it's greatly appreciated. Now, we have so much to get to. We got to dive right in. Um, I, I'm, I'm curious. I, I haven't really decided totally where I want to start. I mean, we could start by, you know, talking about the rotation changes. We could start by, you know, previewing these teams. What I really want to do is is kind of just weave it all together, all right? We're so, you know, when, we, when we're going through starting pitching matchups, that's when we'll talk about the rotation and, all, and, and things of that nature. So that's kind of what I want to do. I kind of want to weave it all in. So obviously, there's going to be four teams at the box this weekend. LSU will play two of them. LSU, Northern Illinois, Stony Brook, and Northwestern State. Uh, NIU and Stony Brook will each play a doubleheader with Northwestern, or I'm sorry, we'll each play two games against Northwestern State while LSU plays the two games against uh, uh, Stony Brook and um, Northern Illinois, pardon me. Uh, so that that's kind of how that, that will be, how that will be made up. Let's start Thursday's game, LSU, Northern Illinois, 2 o'clock, first pitch. A little bit of background for you here. So this will be... Excuse me, the 18th meeting between LSU and Northern Illinois. The Tigers lead that series 12-5 overall. NIU's coming off a 
dreadful year in 2023. There's no other way to put it. They were 10 and 43 in 2023, 5 and 25 and 24 in the MAC. So yes, we have Maction at the box this week, and they hit 251 last year as a club and pitched to an ERA of 8.95. They have a new head coach this season. That tends to happen if you only win 10 games out of 53. Um, that is Ryan Copeland. Ryan Copeland comes to Northern Illinois from Division II University, Illinois, Springfield. He inherits a team that, as we said, went 10-43, and 43, but he returns 31 players, including 16 seniors. We're going to talk a lot about those players here today because it's a very veteran club. They were picked to finish 10th out of 11 teams in the MAC. They have started their season one and three. They uh, played four games against Abilene Christian last weekend and uh, one and three. In those games, it was, I mean, they the first they lost the first three and won the fourth one. In those first three, they, they fell behind pretty early and just never really got going. And in game number four, they jumped out to the big lead and, and were able to hold on. So let's look a little bit at... Uh, at Northern Illinois, continue this overview here, and then we'll get into some individuals and the probable pitching matchups and things of that nature. So we talked about the returning players, right? Four of their top five hitters are back from uh, from last year, and they return, it's, it's somewhere in the neighborhood, forgive me, I thought I had it written down, I don't, somewhere in the neighborhood of 10 to 12 pitchers as well uh, from from last year's clubs. It's a lot of players back, veteran team, but a lot of players back from a, a bad team. Does that really, you know, does that really play? Well, we're going to get our answer. Probable pitching matchup. Let's start with Thursday's game. Thursday's game, it stands to reason it will be uh, transfer right-hander Adam Brewer. And this is why I say that. So, Brewer, he got the game one start for Northern Illinois last week. It did not go great for him. Uh, he only lasted three and two-thirds, gave up five earned. He got shelled pretty good. But it's week two. You're not going to really force your hand on a rotation change there uh, too much. And the important thing about that is this is the head coach's boy. He came to Northern Illinois with Ryan Copeland from Illinois Springfield. So you have a Division II transfer on the bump, most likely, was very good at Illinois Springfield, 7-3 and record, a sub-4 ERA, very good there. But again, like we said, got off to a really rough start. I would imagine, though, because, I mean, he's basically handpicked by the new head coach. It's a guy that he trusts to go out there and start game one. It would make sense that he does. When you look at, you know, uh, the rest factor for him, he would be on one day short rest. They started their series on a Friday last week. I only bring that up because Jay Johnson's going to bring that up in a cut you're about to hear. But I, I don't think it would be really anything else be, because they, they don't have a choice. They have to move somebody up. Um, in a sense, unless they want to give somebody their first start. And again, facing the defending national champion, I don't think you're going to do that. I think he's going to go with a guy that he really, really trusts, and that's Adam Brewer. If it's not... If it's not Adam Brewer, uh, I think it'll be Tommy Meyer. So Tommy Meyer was number two in their rotation last year. He's a, a lefty returner for Northern Illinois. Also got beat up pretty good. Identical three and two-thirds. Identical five earned runs allowed in that ballgame. The difference is he was able to strike out a few more people. Um, when you look at a guy like Tommy Brewer, he averaged a strikeout per inning last season for Northern Illinois. 
uh, and made 16 appearances. So veteran guy, veteran uh, arm, throws from the left side. But again, I think it will be Adam Brewer, not Tommy Meyer. But if it's not Adam Brewer, I think it will be Tommy Meyer. One of those two guys that LSU will face on Thursday. Now, for LSU on the bump, this is where it gets interesting. Jay Johnson, when he met with the media on Wednesday, talked a little bit about, we didn't talk about it, he announced his starting rotation for this weekend with a change at the top. Jump is going to throw Thursday against Northern Illinois. Hurd is going to throw Friday uh, against uh, Stony Brook. Holman is going to throw Saturday against Northern Illinois, and then TBA for Sunday. This time of year, I just didn't want to move anybody up that threw 60-plus pitches. That makes sense. I get it. Um, so, first and foremost, I'm fired up for Gage Jump to get this start. I really could not be any more fired up for Gage Jump to get this start for a couple of different reasons. Number one, did you watch him pitch last week on opening day? It was freaking electric. Like, it just, that's what it looks like. We use that phrase here so much. That's what it looks like. The ball jumps out of his hand at 96 with the fastball. It's got great life, great carry through the zone. And when he wants to drop that slider on you, he can. He's got four pitches. He profiles as a starter. When you watch him, when you just look at him, he passes the eye test as a starter. He looks like a front of the rotation guy. We've talked about that ever since he made his debut. And earlier this week on a previous show, we were talking about what LSU does with the rotation. And I went through it kind of comparing it to last year when they brought Thatcher Hurd back in a very similar situation where he had missed the entire year prior coming back from Tommy John and they wanted to bring him along slowly. But you knew at some point he's got to be in your rotation. And what they did with Thatcher Hurd was, you know, he was kind of in the, the quote-unquote midweek role through, you know, through the first three weeks of the season. And then when they got to that last non-conference weekend or pre-conference weekend, I should say, they had him in the rotation. I thought they'd do something very similar with Gage Jump. This week, having four games allows you to expedite that a little bit, which I think is awesome. Um, I don't think this means that Jump's going to be in the rotation next week when you go to Houston. But right now, this is an opportunity to get his feet wet and get him a start. And I think that's... I think it's awesome. I think that's great. I think that's exactly what they need to do if if you're LSU. The question is, well, was there a pitch count? Is there an inning count? Because you're still trying to ramp him up. And, well, Gage Jump answered that question uh, himself. Um, I would say close to around 45, 50, um, two, hopefully three if, if I'm pretty efficient. And then I'll uh, kind of finish up with some more volume and on the side after. And then for the weeks coming forward, I'm not sure. So there you go. 45 to 50 pitches, two to three innings from Gage Jump. Uh, it's a great luxury that LSU has with the depth on the staff. They can they can do that at the front of a four-game week, mind you. Like, they're putting a guy out there who's on a pitch count at the front of a four-game week. They're just It's an embarrassment of riches that they have on this pitching staff. And then he'll go do some work after. It's similar to what we talked about with Cade Anderson all throughout the scrimmages where he would, you know, start a scrimmage, do, you know, hit his 
hit his mark that they wanted him to, and then he'd immediately go to the bullpen and finish up. Gage Jump might do something similar, but even there, he said, you know, I don't, I don't know what's going to happen the rest of the way. So let's take this one thing at a time, but this is huge. For him throwing, let me let me look it up. I'm, I'm sorry, I didn't, um, I got I to gotta pull this back up. Um, for how many pitches he threw, I think he threw... Off the top of my head, I think Gage jumped through 11 pitches on uh, on opening day. While I look this up, here was Gage Jump uh, talking about you know his his uh, reaction to getting the start. Yeah, I'm super excited. Um, you know, with with uh, Coach Johnson and, and Coach Yeski, it's we've been conservatively kind of ramping myself up, and now that I'm able to start and, and get some innings in there, um, I'm super pumped about it. And yeah, it'll be fun. So, super pumped about it. Great. Sir, we gauge. We're fired up. He did. He threw 11 pitches uh, on opening day. Trust your gut, Musso. So, for him to be able to go from 11 pitches now to 45-50, that's a really solid ramp up right there. Like, that's a jump. All right? So, it's a great jump, too, by the way. But my point with this is that's a great track for him to be on. And that's another reason I'm fired up for this because I, I keep saying, gauge jump has to be in your starting rotation. I know he looked great at the back end of the bullpen. I understand. Don't care. That guy has to be in your starting rotation. So if he can hit that number, 45-50, next week in some capacity, whether it's midweek, whether it is getting a start in Houston against Texas ULL or, or, uh, or uh, 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 I'm totally but Texas State, or 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 not, the next time he goes, you would expect him to be able to lengthen a little bit more and then a little bit more. And starting this at 45 to 50 and having three weeks left until conference play starts is a perfect ramp up to where if you stick to that, that's a guy that can be ready full go for you week one of SEC play when you head to Starkville. And if it were up to me, would be in the starting rotation that week provided there's no setbacks, there's no, no you know, nothing that goes haywire. So, Fired up to see what Gage Jump can do uh, in the starting rotation this week for LSU, getting the ball on Thursday for 45 to 50 pitches. Um, okay, so I'm predicting there Adam Brewer, Gage Jump. I should note, Northern Illinois has not announced their rotation at the time that I am recording, that the time, at the time that I am recording this. Fast forward to Saturday. That's the next time LSU will play Northern Illinois, it would make a lot of sense that that's going to be Jacob Wild for the Huskies. Senior lefty, uh, really fit into their rotation last year, made eight starts out of his nine appearances. He's not going to overpower anybody. Like last year, 23 strikeouts in 33 innings. He's just, he's that crafty lefty, but he's that crafty lefty that's in the zone. It's a lot like we talked about with Trey Morgan when we looked at VMI. Crafty lefty, not going to overpower, but he's in the zone. In the zone so much that teams hit 418 off of him last year. LSU should have plenty of opportunity to swing the sticks against a guy like Jacob Wild. But it should be noted, he's off to a really hot start right now at through one start. He pitched the game that they won against Abilene Christian, pitched into the fifth inning at four and a third. Only gave up two runs, walked one, and struck out seven. He got the no decision. So it's it's one start coming off that year. Like the larger sample size, obviously, last year for Jacob Wild. But he's doing pretty good so far here in 2024. But again, the breakdown doesn't really change. 
Crafty lefty who's going to be in the zone and not overpower you. So LSU should be able to be very aggressive against a guy like Jacob Wild. On Saturday for LSU, it will be Luke Holman. You heard that in the cut from Jay Johnson. It will be Luke Holman on Saturday facing Northern Illinois. I I mean, it's, it's hard to do what you did. I mean, just keep the consistency going. I don't know if Luke Holman's going to go out there and strike out 10 again like he did, but I'd like to see him, you know, start to lengthen a little bit more. He threw 87 pitches, so can you get him to 95, 100 this week? I think that's plenty doable. Keep pounding the zone if you're Luke Holman. It's going to be a much different day that he'll pitch on uh, weather-wise. I mean, it's not going to be, you know, 45 degrees with the wind blowing in. It's going to be beautiful all weekend at Alec Box Stadium. So that will be interesting how he how he adjusts. He might have to be a little bit more fine. But Luke Coleman was so dominant, it's just, hey, man, I don't know if you're going to replicate that exactly, but just go out there and uh, and keep up the consistency that, that LSU looks for out of a out of a veteran arm and, you know, in, in the middle of that rotation. So... Looking forward uh, to that with uh, with Holman uh, going there. Okay, before we move to the Stony Brook portion of this, let's finish uh, previewing Northern Illinois. Let's look at some key bullpen arms to watch here this weekend for the Huskies. First of all, overall stats here on the Husky pitching staff in 2024. Through four games, they have a team ERA of 10.98. They have walked 28. Eight in 30 and a third innings pitched. That is an extremely high number, but they are averaging about a strikeout per inning. Teams are hitting 365 off of the Huskies. It has been a big struggle through four games for them on the mound as it was last season as a whole. Um, couple bullpen arms to keep an eye on. Junior righty Mason Ruh. Ruh led the Huskies, or Ruh, Rue, I don't know. I actually have a beef with Northern Illinois real quick. They don't have a pronunciation guide anywhere on their website. I couldn't find game notes. I couldn't find, and no person. They got some pretty odd names on this team, and a pronunciation guide would have been helpful, okay? Coming from a, a state where we have some pretty odd names, we always provide a pronunciation guide. Clean it up, Northern Illinois Sports Information. Anyway, Ruh, Rue, it's R-U-H, however you want to say it. He led the Huskies in innings pitched in 2023. He's back. So that that's big. It's always, when, we, when we're looking at a pitching staff and what you're having to replace, we're not talking about arms so much as how many innings do you have to replace. Well, they have their leading innings guy back this season, junior righty Mason Ruh. He tied for second on the team in appearances as well, and uh, leads this team early with two appearances. He had one good outing, one bad outing, so the results are kind of mixed, coming in with an ERA of nine, but teams are hitting 429. Team, I should say, is hitting 429 off of him with Abilene Christian. Kind of similar to, to what we talked about with Wild, except from the right side. He's not overpowering, but he's going to consistently be in the zone, uh, and you need to be aggressive because he's going to be in the zone. And uh, Abilene Christian had a field day. I expect LSU to be able to as well because they're a much better lineup than Abilene Christian. Uh, junior righty Matt, Matt Solomonson is another guy that we want to keep an eye on. He's a veteran arm returning, made 14 appearances in 2023. Nothing really jumps off the page. He's, he's just a solid contributor. Reagan, Reagan Lewitter. Reagan Lewitter is how we're going to go with that. Redshirt senior lefty. He led 
this team, the Husk, uh, Northern Illinois, in appearances last year with 20, but he seems pretty much like a matchup guy. He only threw 22 and a third in the, in that uh in that 20 appearances, and he has one appearance so far here in um so far here in 2023, and. Uh, it uh, it went well. I mean, he well he gave up two unearned runs and it, and only threw a third of an inning. So again, shows you the, the matchup that uh, that we think he is. And then the last um, pitcher to highlight that I have here, senior righty Jacob Drager. He was fourth on the team in innings last year. So again, shows you what they return. They return a lot, and he's off to a really nice start. Uh, one appearance so far, but it was two shutout innings that appearance. Uh, struck out one, didn't walk anybody. He was he was very good. So LSU should see that guy at some point, and I would imagine uh, in game number one of the series. Let's look at some position players to watch because they have a few returners who are who really stand out. Told you they returned four of the five leading hitters from last year. We're gonna start with the senior catcher Colin Summerhill. This is really I mean this is their guy to circle and put a big star by Colin Summerhill. He led the team last season in batting average, slugging percentage, home runs, doubles, and RBI. In fact, he was top 10 in the Mac in doubles and RBI. So, and how about this first, first Husky to have a 50 RBI season since 2004. So not only did he lead the team in virtually everything he was setting, you know, he, you know, he was doing first that hadn't happened in a, in uh, almost two decades. So, in incredible stuff from him, and he's off to a great start here so far this season as well. Um, at 313 with two homers, five RBI, and a double. The two home runs and the five RBI lead this ball club. So he, he's picked up right where he left off. Colin Summerhill put a big circle around that guy. Senior third baseman Aaron Harper. Uh, he's still searching for his first hit so far this season, but... Closed last year on an 11-game hit streak, hit 307, and while he wasn't the leading hitter in batting average, he led uh, NIU in hits with 62. That's Aaron Harper. And then senior infielder Eric Arato led led the team in on-base and set a single-season walks record with 51. You're going to need to keep this kid off off the off uh, off the base paths. He's uh, he's the action guy. 47 runs scored, 25 steals. That led the team. He should hit near the top of the lineup. They've moved him around a little bit. They also returned their middle infielders. But, I mean, they're not off to great starts this season. Their numbers last year didn't really stand out either. But if I'm looking at how LSU needs to attack this Northern Illinois lineup, obviously, look, don't let Colin Summerhill beat you. But you got to keep Eric Arato off the bases just because he, he can get on so many different ways. I mean, again, like we said, program single season record with walks 51 he's going to be really tough at bat he's going to make you work he's not going to chase but when he does he can when he does get on base he can really jump start that offense so LSU did a great job controlling the running game last week I think they can absolutely do that again but you just you're going to need to keep him off base uh at the top you know top three in that lineup because he can really get things started when he's there as a team the offensive numbers they don't jump off the page at you through four games they hit 234 they've scored 30 runs uh five homers they're uh, you know they're striking out in 36 percent or so of their bats so it's it's not um again it's it's just nothing's gonna really jump off the page at you as a team but they do have some really solid returning players who are veteran and have seen a lot of baseball so that's lsu Northern Illinois. A few things to watch in those games. We'll give you an overall here as we wrap things up. We gotta get moving here a little bit though. Um, let's talk about 
the Stony Brook Seawolves. Boy, aren't we all very familiar with the Stony Brook Seawolves. This will be meeting number five all time. It will be the first regular season meeting between LSU and the Seawolves. Of course, famously knocked off the Tigers in 2012 in a home Super Regional, making their first trip to Omaha. I think Willie Carmona actually just hit another double off the wall in the box, and Travis Jankowski probably just made another diving catch. That was a miserable weekend. I don't really want to relive it any more than that. LSU's last meeting with Stony Brook happened in the 2019 regional opener LSU dispatched of them uh, quite easily there so here we go first regular season meeting between the Tigers and the Seawolves looking at Stony Brook last season 23 and 29 14 and 16 in the Coastal Athletic uh, Association they hit 279 scored seven runs a game had an ERA of 6-7 When you look at them this season, they also played four games in their opening weekend, all four against Purdue, also went one and three. They struggled uh, holding leads. Late in the game, it got away from them. Uh, They lost the first game, won the second, and then lost the last two. And when you go back, when you look... The first game, they were never in it. They got shut out 6 nothing. But when you look at the rest of them, the, the third and fourth game, it, it really got away from them late. They had a lead at some point in that game in each of them, and just they just could not hold it. Um, they are the opposite from NIU in the sense that they do not return a whole lot, and specifically on the mound. Stony Brook this season is having to replace 298 innings out of 456 and, and two-thirds. So about two-thirds of their inning. They only return 158. So keep that in mind. 298 of their innings they have to replace. That's two-thirds of what they pitched last year. Now on you know the position player side, they have three guys returning who are very good. Evan Fox, who we will talk an awful lot about here momentarily. He was all-conference preseason. Matt Brown-Earing was all-conference honorable mention preseason. And Brett Paulson, also all-conference honorable mention preseason. We'll get a little bit deeper into those. Stony Brook picked to finish eighth out of 12 teams in the Coastal. Probable starting pitchers. On Friday is when LSU will face Stony Brook for the first time. That will be a uh, 2 p.m. first pitch as well. And I'll give you a couple guys that, that you could see. Um, it stands to reason for me it's going to be Ty Saunders, so I'll start with him. He's a graduate uh, transfer right-handed pitcher from Portland. He was a two-way player uh, for the Pilots uh, over there in Portland. Stony Brook seems to have him PO'd, pitcher only. Uh, appearance, appeared in six games as a pitcher last season for Portland, only through 13 and a third innings, had an ERA north of 11, really got hit around, and that was the only season that he's pitched in college was last year. So it's a very small sample size, and for what it's worth, he got roughed up against Purdue. He did pitch into the sixth inning, but gave up four earned, struck out five. Uh, so, it, you know, it wasn't a, it wasn't a great start uh, for Ty Saunders. That's who I expect you to see because he pitched the second game of the doubleheader last uh, week for Stony Brook. Um uh, as well, it was the game that they won that that he pitched in. So uh, that that's Ty Saunders. I don't have a lot on him just because the sample size is so small. Uh, you know, I mean, right? I look at you, Jay Zach. He's not going to overpower you. About a strikeout per inning type guy. Uh, but it, it, it's it's interesting to see him potentially have to take the swings against LSU. If it's not him, uh, they do have a game at 10 a.m. on Friday against Northwestern State. 
that he, I guess he could pitch. Because, I mean, again, it wouldn't change the rest for him or Eddie Smink. Eddie Smink is a sophomore righty who, you know, as a freshman, was uh, settled into that rotation, made nine starts, uh, pitched 61 and two-thirds innings last year. So he just makes sense to move into that front of the rotation spot, right? Uh, He went five innings versus Purdue. Only gave up the three earn, the three runs, but again, roughed up a little bit. Threw 91 pitches. That's something that stood about Stony Brook's uh, arms. They threw a lot of pitches. They extended their guys week one. So, look, if they're going to be able to go, 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 they got a longer leash um, maybe than you, you would normally see at the beginning. So, I think it's Saunders, but if it's not, it's Smink, who's their front of the rotation, quote-unquote, ace guy on Friday. For LSU on Friday, it will be Thatcher Hurd. Of course, Hurd will make his second appearance. He's got an ERA of 13.5. Made two and two-thirds innings last week. Gave up the four earned runs and uh, was was knocked out after that. A lot of people, because of how it went haywire, are wondering about Thatcher Hurd. Is there a concern level? Jay Johnson was asked that very question at his immediate availability on Wednesday, and here's what he said. I think the best takeaway for me was I thought he was in control of himself like it didn't the game didn't turn into a mess of him walking people like uh, we walked the guy the nine hitter on uh, three two count it was pretty close pitch like if he would have got rung up nobody would have said anything on it and then we had the balk and then you know they put together four good at bats and I thought that would be an exact spot where we would bring Justin into a game so I just literally just coached that like I would a regular game we probably could have left him in and he might have turned it around and done done fine. That's just me doing my job. So I don't. I came out of that not too worried. I thought he was in control of himself and um, good pattern for it. So I, I'm not alarmed by it, that at all. It's the same thing we said here when we recapped the weekend. It he he was in he was in control. It just it got away from him. They were, they were a good hitting lineup. It snowballed on him a little bit. Would you have liked to have seen that not happen? Of course, but he wasn't out there walking everybody like he did last year when he struggled. He was attacking still. That's what I want to see from Thatcher Hurd. You got to have a big bounce back from him, but just attack. Keep keep that same mentality that you had, and go attack. This is these lineups that you're going to face this weekend for LSU pitching. They're not to the standard of anything that you saw last week with VMI. They just aren't. Um, so with that in mind, go attack if you're if you're Thatcher Hurd. Do what you were doing. You were pounding the strike zone, and you will face some adversity, but just don't don't let it get you down. I look for a big bounce back from Thatcher Hurd. I'm fired up to see him, and I, like Jay Johnson, as we, again, talked about uh, after recapping his start uh, of that Friday opening day, it just, it while the result on paper doesn't look good, when you actually watched him pitch, it did look better than it did early in the season last year when he was going through struggles. Um, so that'll be your pitching matchup on Friday. Thatcher Hurd for LSU versus either Ty Saunders or Eddie Smink for Stony Brook. Let's go to Sunday. And for Sunday, LSU has TBA in that spot. I think it's one of two guys. It's either Javen Coleman or, um, or, or Kate Anderson. And whichever one doesn't get the start, they might pitch out of the bullpen at some point this weekend and then probably start that midweek game at Rice next week. Uh, that's kind of the luxury that you have, or hell, maybe Gage Jump starts that midweek game uh, next week. But I think it's probably either one of Coleman or Anderson. So Col- Coleman or Anderson on um, on um, on Sunday, and 
do do what you did. They both had great outings, man. Just keep building on that. Keep extending. For a guy like Anderson, he's coming off injury. You want to you want to see him continue to progress in that way. Kind of the same thing uh, with Javen Coleman. So I, I I really don't have many worries or, or many things to really say. I, I guess the one thing I would I would want out of Anderson is to get back to really pounding the zone. Let's see if he can get himself a little bit more under control. Not as be as amped up. Get the walk number down a tad, and then. Uh, with, with Coleman, maybe have a little bit better feel for the breaking ball. He didn't have a great feel for the breaking ball uh, uh, the opening weekend against uh, against VMI, but still through three shutout innings. And then get those guys to extend a little bit more too. But uh, I feel great about either of those guys in a you know Sunday spot for LSU uh, here. If I had to guess, I would say Javen Coleman would be my my official prediction. Uh, for Sunday, it's going to be freshman lefty, uh, most likely freshman lefty Nicholas Rizzo for Stony Brook. He had a really rough debut against Purdue. This is all I've got on him. He gave up eight earned and five and two thirds through 94 pitches. Got the L. Um, he's a freshman. They don't even have a bio up for him on their website. So he, that that's it. That's probably who LSU is going to face, though. So, you know, yay. Uh, all right, let's finish this uh, Stony Brook preview here go through some players to watch and then we'll give you what we're watching for lsu this week and what we want to see in a full in our you know in our official prediction uh bullpen names so stony brook they have only pitched 12 pitchers uh here and as we told you they're replacing two-thirds of their innings they have 18 pitchers on the roster so you could see some guys make debuts i only have two to really highlight they're two of the the few returners we'll start with uh junior righty jt rab he led the team in appearances last year. Uh, he could strike you out as well. 43 Ks last year in 32 and a third innings. He's off to a really nice start this year as well. Opponents hitting 182 off of him that opening weekend. Uh, has thrown two in the third innings already and has a zero ERA. So that's a guy to definitely keep an eye on is JT Rab from Stony Brook. And then uh, senior righty Quinlan Montgomery. He's another returner. Uh Got beat up pretty good in 2023 last season, but he's off to a much better start. He's pitched one inning, but he struck out the side in that one inning last week. So that's Quinlan Montgomery. And like I said, you're probably going to see some some debuts from some guys. 18 pitchers on that roster, and only 12 of them have pitched. All right, let's talk about the position players to watch because, boy, there's plenty of them. Um, and we're going to start with Evan Fox, who we told you is preseason all-conference. Uh, D1 Baseball has him ranked as the 33rd best uh, second baseman in all of college baseball. He is what well, we talked about with um, the kid from Northern Illinois. This is their jump starter. He's going to hit lead off. Uh, he reached base in 49 of 50 games last season. He set career highs in batting average, hits, runs, homers, RBI, and walks. How about this? He set a new program record in steals with 39. That was also second in the country last season. He passed Travis Jankowski, who, again, familiar name, should be to many LSU fans. Guy just won a World Series with the Rangers, too. Broke that guy's record and also broke Jankowski's career steal records. You got to keep him off base. You just have to. That guy jump starts their entire offense. And he's off to a very slow start this year, hitting 214. Keep Evan Fox off base at all costs. If you're LSU, it's just what we talked about last season, with the, the leadoff hitter from Kentucky. Forgive me. I cannot remember his name. Jackson something or another. Um, he jump started that entire offense. Evan Fox does the same thing for Stony Brook. You have to keep him off base. Senior outfielder Matt Brown airing all conference honorable mention also had a career year in 2023. Um, uh, and he's off to a scorching start. Like 
He uh, he liked Fox at career highs and like batting average and you know home run all that. Uh he was second on the team in homers last year. Off to a scorching start in 2024. He's hitting 438 and leading the team with nine RBI so far in um in 2024. Uh, uh Cam Cam Santeri is their Cam Santeri, excuse me, is their leading hitter at 556 so far. And then Evan Goforth is hitting 333 and has the only home run. You look at their offense as a team so far through four games. They're hitting 219, averaging six runs per game. Again, they have the one homer. They swipe four bags out of four attempts. And the pitching in four games, a nine ERA, a two ninety average against. They have only struck out twenty-five and thirty-three innings, and they've walked twenty. It's just not this is not the best competition LSU will face by far. But what are we looking for LSU to do here in this weekend? Um, let's start offensively. Let's start with the freshmen, Stephen Milam, Jake Brown. I want to see if those guys can keep it up. Uh, they should be able to. I mean, again, we've gone through these pitching numbers at nauseum here on this show today, and it just hasn't been great for Stony Brook or Northern Illinois. So Brown, who's your leading hitter if you're LSU right now, Stephen Milam, who's your third leading hitter, I want to see if those guys can build off of what they did last week. They set the world on fire opening weekend. If they do that, they're going to continue to put a stranglehold on their respective positions, so that's going to be huge. The second thing is um, the se- the second thing is the guys who have gotten off to the slow start, like Josh Pearson, like Paxton Kling, like Michael Braswell. Paxton Kling's going to be in the lineup on Thursday. Jay Johnson has told you that. Put it in there with a Sharpie. Paxton Kling is playing. He's hitting 182. Can he pick that up against, again, pitching staffs that aren't very, you know, aren't aren't up to par? LSU's probably going to face a division two transfer on Thursday. So can, can you get that number up? If you're a guy like Paxton Kling, who is a top prospect, you, you should be able to do that. Josh Pearson, same thing, hitting 182. That guy's going, he's going to platoon in this lineup at some point this weekend. Can he get it going? And then Michael Braswell, uh, same thing, man. Look, can you bounce back from a really rough outing? He's done well to put the ball in play. Jay Johnson was asked about Braswell uh, and what he wanted to see from him this week. He said, be himself. Be himself. And play great defense. Jay Johnson said the most important thing Michael Braswell can do for us is play defense at shortstop. So we talked about it, man. He's been a very streaky player. He's been great at LSU in the fall and preseason scrimmages. He's finally hitting a little bit of a slump. The key is going to be he's going to heat up again. When he does, can he carry the consistency with all the new things that LSU has taught him in coaching and changing his stance and and, and his swing and, and all of that? He's accepted a lot of change. That's led to consistency. Now he's finally hit a slump when he heats back up. Can he carry it consistently over the season? That's what you want to see. So can the freshmen keep going? And then can the guys who have struggled kind of rise to the occasion and get right spots against some pretty lowly pitching that looks like it's coming into the box this weekend? Then there's a starting rotation. We've kind of covered that a good bit. Uh, Want to see the bounce back from Hurd? Want to see jump? Just hit those marks, man. Two, three innings, 45, 50 pitches. Look good doing it. And uh, and continue his uh you know his climb to full strength and uh where else you can really you know take advantage of him there um and then as a pitching staff as a whole walk number we talked about this on a show prior LSU walked twenty seven in four games but when you really break it down it it it's not as bad as that number looks LSU pitched much better than that than that so can they actually shrink that number if they pitch the way they did last week. I think that they will shrink that number, and, and that's going to be huge for this team going forward. I, I 
LSU, this is a spot where they should really be able to flex their muscle this weekend on the mound and at the plate because they're facing a lineup in Northern Illinois that is hitting, what did I say, 234, and a lineup in in Stony Brook that is hitting 219. And then each team has an ERA north of, all right, Stony Brook's is at nine, and Northern Illinois, bless their heart, is at 10.98, basically 11. So LSU should get all four of these this weekend. That's my prediction. And they should do it in in fairly impressive fashion. I expect LSU to be able to pull away in all four of these games. But then again, it is baseball and crazy things happen. That's going to wrap it up here for Musso at the box. I know I went long. But we had a lot of information to go through today, man. And I'm, I'm glad we were able to do it. Um so LSU, NIU, Thursday at the box. We'll have a recap for you and then preview the rest of the weekend. Obviously, uh, those will be much uh, more scaled down previews uh, because we have already played a game, but we'll at least know, you know, what arms are left and, and things of that nature. So that's going to be on the next edition of Muso at the box. Hit the subscribe button, share the video, like the video, subscribe to the podcast, follow me on Twitter, all those great things, and be here next time on Muso at the box. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware.